Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Making Sales Social Live, where today we're going to talk about five, count them, one, two, three, four, five, five tactics to engage your LinkedIn connections on LinkedIn. Welcome to Making Sales Social Live, as we share LinkedIn and social selling training, strategies, and tips that will have an immediate impact on your business. Join Bill McCormick, Bryn Tillman, and me, Bob Woods, every week, Making Sales Social Live. This is the recorded version of our weekly Making Sales Social Live show. And so the, the first one right off the gate we're going to talk about is sharing their industry content with them. So, Bryn, you want to break this down a little bit, sharing their own industry content with them. Yeah, you know, a lot of times we want to share what we want to share. And often it's either premature, not of interest to our buyers. And until we really have a conversation and understand them, when we share our stuff without knowing much, sometimes we can turn them off and they could even feel like it, that we're pitching them, even right. though we're trying to help, right? So when we go out and curate content around their particular industry that has nothing to do with us necessarily, but I reach out and say, hey, Bob, as a marketing genius, I thought you'd get some value from a podcast I listened to on the 10 things that marketing geniuses need to know. Here were some of my takeaways. If you're interested, let me know. I can send a link, right? That has nothing to do with me. That has to do... Or, you know, I thought of you because of A, B, and C. I'd love to send over that link. If you're interested, let me know. It's mm -hmm. very tailored. It's very custom to them, but it's around right. their industry and what they do, not around us and what we do. So so we have to take just a little minor step back and just, and just point out that this is the stuff that you share to them in messages. So this is for individuals in messages, although you could still do posts on these as well just tailored to a specific audience. Mm -hmm. This is about um, individuals within certain industries. And that's where Bryn made her excellent Absolutely. comment. About, that's a really uh, good clarification. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. This, this is really a one-on-one. -on -one, often it's a one-on-one -on -one thing, unless you sell to a lot of people in that industry. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you like, I sell to all CPAs and then you found content on CPAs and that's great. You can share that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if you were to do that, you could actually become almost like a magnet to CPAs if you're if you're able to do that and share that content and get engagement around it. That's not a bad tactic to use and a strategy to use. But let me just back it up to, to what Bryn was saying is notice she didn't just send the link. She just didn't send the piece of content. Hey, Bob, as a marketer, I thought you'd love this piece of content. Boom. We used to do that. And we didn't yeah. think there was anything wrong with it because, hey, we're providing value. We're giving you something that you could have value in. And we had another trainer kind of kind of challenge saying that. Andy Foot, let's give him credit. It was Andy Foot, and he yeah. says, you're spending people. And we're like, no, we're not. Andy Shaw, <laughs> he was right. And we, right. And, and, and we, tested, we tested it. it. He was right. We automatically sent 100 messages out with the link. And we got 19 that clicked and we thought, hey, that's really good. And then we sent out 100 messages with permission to send the link. 69 said, sure, send it. And 58 of them clicked. So the data speaks. Yeah, it and does. And our, our, our friend Kellen live here says, I, I love that you use it as a hook to a conversation. 
um, to start a conversation, not just send the link. I like to think of it as a net rather than a hook, but you know, it, it's the same idea is that we're, we're using that to, to start a conversation. And that's really what we're talking about here. These tactics that we're discussing are to engage connections yep. and to start a conversation that could lead to a sales conversation, but we're not there yet, right? So one of the things we have to do is we have to earn the right to have a conversation. But as we go through all of these, you're 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 going to notice a theme. This is about the things that they want to talk about that yes. they're interested in. And if you're going to use the hook analogy, that's the hook right there. It's about what they want to talk about and what they're interested in. As salespeople make a mistake of off of often sharing way too much about what we want to share. To Bob's point, we need to start sharing content they want to consume. So that's exactly spot on. Right. So so let's look. Let's use the hook analogy. Let's go with this fishing analogy. You know, I like cheeseburgers. If I put a cheeseburger on the on the hook and put it out there for fish that don't like cheeseburgers, it's not going to do anything. Nobody's going to. It's got to be something that they want. It's got to be the squishy, like worm. Yeah, unless it's a piranha, but I don't want fish. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to promise. So let's, let's, so Bob, going with that theory of, of thinking about what they want to consume, the next one is to share content about their client's industry. So, right, so yeah. let's take it one step further. Why don't you break that out a little bit? Yeah, sure. So this has to do, uh, you know, if, if I'm selling or, or, or if I want to have Bryn as a client and she does coaching, but she, does coaching for salespeople, I'm going to send her content about salespeople and what's going on in the sales environment. I just want to make absolutely clear. So you have probably got people in your pipeline or whatever you want to call it, who have specific clients that they are looking for. Why not give them insight about what these clients are looking for? Because you're actually going to help them, guess what, with their business as well. And in the process, you're going to become even more of that magnet, more of that thought leader when you share that type of content. Plus, it shows the person who you're trying to start the, the conversation with that you really are concerned about them and that you want them to succeed as well. And you're going a little bit out of what would consider to be your normal box to do it. But in the end, if it starts the conversation and if it helps them, it's a win-win. Yeah. And what's great about this is none of this happens in a vacuum. It's not just for, okay, I'm in my LinkedIn box and I'm going to message people to start conversations. So I'm going to do this one thing. And so when I share that content, then then that's over and, and I'm done because you should be reading the content, consuming the content, you're learning also. So when you're on follow-up call, you can talk about that topic. And, and to Bob's point, when, when you're talking about something that, that Bryn's clients are concerned about, now when Bob has a conversation with Bryn, he's more engaged about what Bryn's clients care about. And, and you know, this, and this isn't a, um, a false tactic. This isn't false, um, inauthentic. This is not an inauthentic that I'm just going to care about this because I want to get to Bryn. It's actually learning so that you know more about what it is that you're doing. So I encourage you to really not only look at within the industry of, of your clients, but mm -hmm. also look at, at the industries that they service because if 
doing that, you can really, really hone in on some messaging and also on some topics for conversations. Yeah, we have a live question here from a LinkedIn user. I have to see who that is in LinkedIn. When offering content about your clients' industries, do you find more detailed technical style content do better or worse than general industry content? So I just want to share, if you are talking about their industry, they probably know way more about their industry than you do. So mm -hmm. something like a benchmark report or things like that that's happening in real time, maybe there are events around like an industry conference might be better than trying to teach them about their own industry. Mm -hmm, so that's a, but around their clients, right? When we're sharing content around their clients, they might want to learn new things. So maybe Bob shares something with, with me that says the way that sales leadership is transforming in the new remote environment. And I sell to sales leadership. So I'm, I know a lot about LinkedIn and, and, and LinkedIn coaching and, and training, which is my industry. But I may be really open to a little general ongoings in my client's industry. So I think if we try to, if we send something that's elementary around their own industry, it's it, it, it's not going to land the same way as it, at that general piece isn't going to land the same way. So the, the next one, this could take the whole rest of the time. Invite them to engage on a poll. So I'm going to go first with this and just say, you may have just rolled your eyes when we said that, because there, there are certain people within LinkedIn that say, oh, polls are old and all, all, everyone's doing polls are saturated. And, and, but that's the reason they're so effective. So right now, LinkedIn is sharing poll, your polls four and a half times more than they're sharing any other content on LinkedIn. So it's going to get in front of a lot more eyes, a lot more people than it would normally. So take advantage of that. Don't ask the question of what's your favorite ice cream, chocolate or vanilla? Who cares? Unless you sell ice cream, that shouldn't right. matter. But inviting them to engage on a poll is a great way to, to re-engage with people. So Bryn, break this one down. I know you love polls and you're really good at it. So we need to balance the question, first off to be something that leads to our solution so we can start conversations that matter, but is also compelling for our audience to want to not only vote on, but see how other people are answering that question. Yep. Now, a lot of times we will start a poll from a third party content, whether we saw a post on from HubSpot marketing or a statistic from Corporate Visions or Gartner. And we'll take that as the inspiration for our poll because immediately that takes down all the, this is a, a poll for salespeople. Like we're, you know, we were inspired by this article and we're curious to, we wanted to benchmark our own network to see if in fact it aligns with what Gartner is seeing, right? So all of a sudden this becomes really a, a, a survey poll that people are now not just interested in voting, but seeing how they're benchmarking. What are, how are other people voting? And this is what I believe LinkedIn does brilliantly, whether it was intentional or not, is you can't see how other people voted until you vote. Right. And so I, I think it's brilliant. I, I, I'm going to give them credit and say they did it on purpose. But yeah, yeah. probably did. 
Yeah, well, well, and so you can see the percentages of votes, but only the author of the poll can see how each person voted. Oh, correct. Right. Yeah. You can't see the percentages until you vote. Until you vote. Correct. And so I yeah. think that's that, that's wrong. But you're right. Your vote is only seen by the person who published the poll. That's a very good point. The other thing is just, you know, we want to use this this poll to engage our connections. Sure, it's going into the newsfeed of some of them, but we highly recommend taking inventory. Who are the 80, 100, 150 people in your network that you want to re-engage? And send the poll with a little personalized message. I don't know, 30, 40, you know, every couple of days, you can have a two-week poll and you can hit them all uh, in, in, you know, in 10 days. If it's a two-week poll, you've got to still give it a few days for them to vote once they get the, the message. So you have like 10 days in a two-week poll to get that in front of, in the inbox, a direct message to, to your network, asking them for their one-click vote. And I will typically say, um, Bob, as a general, keep up with the theme as a genius in marketing. I would love your one click vote on a poll we just put out on topic. Once this poll closes, you'll receive the results in notifications. By the way, LinkedIn does that automatically so that we don't have to do anything. He just gets that. And I'm also happy to share the insights we glean from this little study. So now we've left it open to reaching out as promised, Bob, I, you know, let's, let's hop on a call and I'll share some of the insights that we gleaned from this were absolutely outstanding. And we were shocked at how misaligned it was with the original study or whatever it is, or how aligned it was. And, and I'm happy to share how you benchmarked against your peers. Ooh. Yeah. So I, I to do something like that. So it's not just, Hey, they voted on the poll, but what do you do with that afterward? Right. And that's why I always say you need to reverse engineer your poll. What's what what's what is it that you want from the end of it? And then I I was just gonna reiterate that that point and that, you know, with a plan, you should start with the end result. So mm -hmm. so all these people who are putting out all these ridiculous polls and quite frankly giving polls a bad name are bad but those polls the are the ones that stand out in people's minds whereas mm -hmm. if you put out a really good and really well thought out poll it's going to stand out on its own because it's yeah. really good and it's really well thought out so i don't mm -hmm. think that people should be afraid of polls just because we have these bad people mm -hmm. putting out polls yours are automatically going to stand out if there's a really good plan behind it and obviously if it's something that's of interest to your audience as well and you get it into the inbox inbox and don't yeah, so don't be don't don't create social graffiti with your with your polls. Make it a work of art that people when they see it that they'll they'll want to engage on it. And and so the next one actually kind of goes hand in hand. And and let me just as we end polls, just say make sure you're engaging with the people who are commenting on your poll because you're going to see a lot of views. Polls, like I said, four and a half times more views you're going to get. We had a client earlier today in coaching had almost 10,000 views of his of his poll. I did great. Yeah, it did fantastic and there was like 15 comments, but he did it was all between people. He didn't comment at all. That will help it go further and it'll also help you to engage those people. Remember, that's what we're always, we're really talking about is engaging your network. And so one of the things you can do from a poll is our next thing, which is ask them for a quote for a post. You know, you have an ideal client or a, a prospect that comments on a post and puts a comment in there and you get them on the phone to share insight about that poll. 
Now you can ask for a quote. People love to be quoted. They like to be made to feel important. When you get them on the phone to talk about that quote or on Zoom to talk about that quote, it then opens up further opportunities to have a conversation. So that, that's a huge one. Yeah. And you don't even have to do that from a poll. You can just reach out to someone and say, yes. hey, you know, I'm gathering, uh, you know, insights under 240 characters from top marketing geniuses, right? Bob, I love your quote, uh, right? And, and you can do that and you can go and create a Canva quote with a little picture of Bob and we publish these brilliant quotes. You can put your logo on it as well. And if you have a hashtag, use that. But now you are starting to elevate your prospects by highlighting their genius and really can make a big difference. We had a question, is Sales Navigator better for social selling? And the answer is, it depends on what you want to do with it. So, so Sales Navigator, to me, is the most powerful sales tool available to us today if you are actually prospecting. If you're out there, just you want to be a thought leader and you want to engage people, that's not what Sales Navigator is built for. Sales Navigator is built for really defining down your ICP, your ideal uh, customer. Ideal client profile. Profile, profile. Is, is what that stands for. I yeah. totally blocked that, right? <laughs> to, to identify your ideal client profile down to how many years they've been in business or they've been working, how active they are on LinkedIn. Like there's brilliant filters in Sales Navigator. So if you are a prospector and your job is to book appointments, Sales Navigator is worth it. And we'll have... I think we've done some sales navigator. We probably should do more sales navigator live. So we'll, we'll plan on doing that soon. Yeah. Uh, yes, we definitely will. All right. So the last one, Bob, bring us home, interview them on a zoom call or a LinkedIn live. Yes. Yeah, so this basically takes that, ask them for a quote for a post and, and puts a face to it, puts motion to it, puts real interest into it. So what you could do is, um, you know, either, either after one of these insights calls or maybe for the insight call, Obviously, you would let them know that you want to do this. And if they agree to it, you can hit record and they now have to acknowledge that you're recording and everything. So you can't sneak by anything by anyone anymore. At that point, you know, talk to them like a normal human, be human being, maybe have some questions set up. And then depending on what you get, you can you can trim and clip. Uh, a, a specific thing from that for, for a shorter thing or do an entire interview directly on Zoom and then just upload it to LinkedIn via LinkedIn native video. And that's important because that will yeah. get more views than if you put it on, say, like YouTube and then and then use the YouTube video. But in, in, in that way, you're not only giving your uh your client or your or, or your prospect some exposure there which they're going to appreciate one thing that is going to happen is that because you're the one doing the interview and hopefully you're doing it in a value added type of way which you should you are also promoting yourself as an expert because of the questions that you're getting because hopefully you're answering follow up questions to what your interviewee is saying mm -hmm. and you know all, all ships rise in a good tide at, at, at that point. And, a, and yeah, you're also putting tide, out yeah. quality content that other people can learn from. And that's even right. Because right. your other prospects will not want to know what their, their um, colleagues in the industry are doing. 
I also really like the idea. Everyone has access to LinkedIn Live right now. So if they mm -hmm. turn on creator mode in their dashboard, they have access. Now you still need a third party app to do to run it. So we use Restream, but there's StreamYard and Vimeo and lots of others that you can choose from. But it is available to everyone. You do not have to apply for it any longer, which is really great. We have, uh, who actually has been doing this for a while, client Steve Farber, who he, he represents Legal Shield and interviews people that are recruiters that, because his message is, you know, better benefits attract and retain better candidates, better talent. So he actually, because that's the message, he's out there interviewing top recruiters that are finding hard to find talent in this crazy world where it's hard to find talent. And so he is using LinkedIn Live to interview these folks who are talking about the topics that their clients, that, his, that, they, that they care about. They, they don't necessarily care about Legal Shield yet. Right? What do they care about? They they care about attracting and retaining. So that's the content he's creating, but he's doing it through interviewing people that, and by the way, are also very good referral partners for him. So I just wanted to give him a shout out for that. Yeah. So if you notice in the five tactics, none of them were talk about you, talk about your offering and pitch your pitch to people it's all about other people and that's what networking should be all about so the five tactics to engage your linkedin connections on linkedin share industry content with them share content about their clients industries invite them to engage on a poll ask them for a quote for a post and then the last one we just talked about interview them on a zoom call or a linkedin, LinkedIn live so great session today. Thanks so much for those of you who were in the chat live. If you're watching this on replay, uh, do, a, do a hashtag of, of replay and you can put questions in there and we can answer them. But thanks once again for watching another episode and viewing and listening to another episode of Making Sales Social Live. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everyone. Don't miss an episode. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. Register for free resources at linkedinlibrary.com. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.